This is the Time Out with Shore Sports Podcast, covering sports on the shore with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mike. Ho, ho, ho! It's Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group, Mark Potter and Mike Bradley alongside, and it's our Christmas edition, episode number 56. Very good. Well, Merry Christmas and uh, Happy Holiday wishes to all. And, uh, well, this is a Christmas gift every week, Mark. Yeah, it, yeah, it Just is. Just hanging out with you. <laughs> I'm real, I'm excited about yeah. today's episode. This is the last uh, podcast we'll do until uh, mid-January. Yeah. But, but this is a huge one. And uh, it, it's huge because we are going to announce our fall players of the year mm-hmm. for all sports, including football. Plus, we sat down with Coach Damon Ferragamo and uh, and yourself and, and me, and we hounded out our first team all Bayside. Yeah. For our very first overtime live first team all Bayside conference team. Yeah, we had a, a holiday get-together, some good eats, a good conversation about names and what to do and philosophy and all that. It was a good time. It took us about two and a half hours at El Jefe. It did. Yeah. It did. So, yeah. Uh, so we are looking forward to bringing that to you. Uh, this first segment of the podcast sponsored by our friends at the Edge Training Academy, where passion meets performance, located in Stevensville in 112 Log Canoe Circle in the Chesapeake Bay Business Park. They offer 24-hour gym access. More information at theedgetrainingacademy.com. So we're going to hold off on football, okay, for right now. Mm-hmm. I want to recognize some other sports. Sure. And we're going to start off with probably the one sport in the fall that doesn't get nearly enough recognition, and that's golf. All right. True. So, you know, we we cover it a lot with ShoresportsMD.com. We got videos last year. Yeah, you've been out to the links. Yeah, Mm. and a little more difficult this year with me coaching and and, uh, just getting new people on board. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, you can bet we'll be back out there again next year. Uh, There are a lot of great female golfers out there. Uh, that uh, are on the base side, that, that that are on the links here in the base side. Uh, Sam Boger, Stephen Decatur, she averaged 41.88 was her average score this year throughout the course of the season. Mm. Um, wow. you, you had uh, um, Isabella Westerfield. Um, you, you had Brooke Howard for Easton, both of them with Easton. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but averaging 41 this year was Taryn Brandt from North Carolina. So congratulations. Taryn Brandt is our Shore Sports MD Female Golfer of the Year. And don't be surprised if I don't call you for some golfing tips because I could use them. But, yeah. no, that that's outstanding. That's a great accomplishment there. And you're right. They don't get enough attention. But, hey, congrats. That is a heck of a score. And, and there are some other female golfers out there. But the neat thing about Taryn is – She's a sophomore. Wow. Yeah. So she got, <laughs> there's still room for improvement and an even better score than that. And that's hard to think. Absolutely. Um, our male golfer of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that some great male golfers out there. Cole Colt, for instance, at Stephen Decatur, uh, average score this year, 39. But coming <sighs> in with an average score of 38.11. Okay. Another sophomore. This okay. time from Queen Anne's, Nate Smith. So wow. Queen Anne's County High School's Nate Smith is our male golfer of the year. That's, again, phenomenal scores all across the board, male and female. Wow. It just, yeah, <laughs> I could I, only dream of doing that. I, I love doing this. And each player of the year mm-hmm. is going to be receiving a shirt courtesy of Shore Sports MD and Chinchek Sports Locker. That's going to have Shore Sports MD Player of the Year in the sport. Yeah, specified. Very nice. And they're actually going to get an actual award as well from Awards Engraving in Denton. No, that's great. No, Mark, I appreciate you putting that together. And uh, that means a lot to those kids. And again, recognition that they may not really be getting elsewhere. And that's what we do. You and I do this for the kids so that they get the recognition. And uh, let's go ahead and move on to, uh, how about we move to another sport uh, sport that doesn't get much recognition, and that's cross country. You know, uh, we'll start with the females, and there's one that rises above everybody. Fifth in state 
uh, championship this year in the 2A. Uh, she's a senior. Uh, Sarah Van Ordem from Kent Island. I mean, she is, no matter what sport it is, this is going to be probably one of three for her this year. Is that right? Yeah, because yeah. she's just so darn good. Yeah. Um, you know, but when you include the track and field into it, you know, the field portion of it, maybe somebody will eclipse her. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she is just amazing. She's been a stalwart and, and the leg of Ken Island's female track team as well as the female version of their cross-country team. She finished fifth in the state finals this year, so congratulations. Mm, Uh, Sarah Van Orden from Kent Island High School is our female cross-country runner of the year. So congratulations to her. Well, and I tell you, I remember in playing football in high school, Mark, that the cross-country team – just, I mean, they were out in the in the dead of heat of the summer. They were out just constant running. Obviously, that's what they have to do, and they've got to train themselves and, and get in shape, but they're right out there doing that, and that's solely what they're doing. That's got to be tougher. You know, in, in other sports, you're doing all these different kinds of things. You've got one goal, one thing, and you're focused on that the entire time. That can't be an easy thing to do, especially if you're young like that. And, and you're not running on a prepared track or anything like that. You're Great running point. On a, yeah. You're running yeah. on a cross-country course. Um, for instance, the state championships were held. They're held at Hartford every year. Okay. And you know, the, the course, we had all that rain the day before their championship. You never know what you're going to get. And yeah. Over yeah. 1,000 runners competing mm-hmm. in the Maryland state championships. <sighs> that and many. Wow. That was it was muddy, yeah, and uh, but it didn't slow folks down. Uh, but uh, congratulations to Sarah, our male runner of the year for cross country, mm-hmm. uh, comes from Snow Hill, and he too nice. also fifth in the state uh, for the one A, and that is Seth Barron. So Seth Barron, congratulations from Snow Hill High School, our male cross country runner of the year. Well, and I tell you why that's maybe even more impressive given the geography is. It's kind of flat in Worcester County. It's so ill, you know. So when you do have to go and compete where other terrains are a lot different, that's impressive. You know, because in that immediate Snow Hill area, in all seriousness, not a lot of hills. In general, on the shore, there's not a lot of hills. <laughs> there are in Hereford. There, there are sure. in northern Baltimore County and yeah. in, in the Hereford zone area. Yeah, absolutely. This next segment sponsored by Midshore Exteriors, handling your roofing, siding, and gutter needs across the shore. Every detail matters, so let the Master Elite GAF certified and shingle master roofers take care of your home or business today. More info at midshoreexteriors.com. All right, so a lot of folks are probably wondering, how did we come up with these winners? So it's important to note that uh, you and I sat down and we talked uh, amongst each other as well as we brought in other media members and also other coaches. Mm -hmm. I I personally reached out to uh, other coaches and media members, not all coaches, just some folks that have seen the games because you and I – don't make it out to all of the games. Correct. Right. And some we didn't see at all. Yeah. You know, yeah. but uh, you know, we were able to see some of the games. So it's important to note that yes, this is our awards, and we didn't just blindly pick these. So mm-hmm. you know, there's input from from some coaches and some media members, and and you know, we weigh those. They're they're weighted a little differently, especially when. The uh, words come from the coach. Sure, so, absolutely. Why don't we go ahead and move on to uh, volleyball? And uh, you know, tell you it was really tough um, because when I spoke to the coaches about volleyball, there were three names that were mentioned a lot: um, Brooke Tolson from Queen Anne's, Zoe Frederick from North Carolina, hmm. and Melanie Murphy from Ken Island. Um, all were mentioned. Um, and, and talking with some coaches and uh, and, and some folks that uh, have actually worked with uh, these kids in travel ball as well. Hmm, okay. um, made the decision uh, to go with North Carolina's Zoe Fredard. Zoe Fredard will be our volleyball player of the year, and she hails from North Carolina High School. That's two North Carolines right there. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, it's important to note that, you know, these all three of those girls – deserve mentions yeah it's you know? one of those where it yeah as you talked about it's awfully difficult you could have given it to, to any of the three you yeah know? i yep. mean you know melanie murphy's name was thrown in late from ken island and uh it was like oh and and when you just look at what these girls did with their teams 
um, we, I, me, I am the belief we only have one. No co-player of the year crap. Okay. Uh, and that we, does uh, differentiate us because that's a standard that we've kind of put down, that we're not doing the co-stuff, the tie stuff. And, um, yeah, I, and I like that. Well, And Zoe Frederick was named co-player of the year um, at, for volleyball on the North Bay side. Um, and yeah, I mean, others do that, and by all means. Yeah, but, well, then, yeah. right. The coaches, the coaches pick their own, which that's great. We're, we're glad they pick their own, and mm-hmm. you know. But this is something we wanted to do something a little bit different. Yeah, more independent. Um, yeah. Sam Mason out of Easton was uh, also named the co-player of the year by the coaches. Okay. Um, for the North Bay side, um, we've gone with just one, mm-hmm. and uh, and it was Correct. Zoe Frederick. Uh, let's move on to field hockey. Okay. And now field hockey is, they've got a lot of very competitive girls. You know, you look at uh, uh, Washington, uh, they've got uh, Hannah White, I believe her name was. Uh, Pokemoke had a really good player. Um, St. Peter Paul, Jenny Webb, uh, a really good player. Mm-hmm. And Megan Carpenter from Ken Island. These are all the girls that the coaches uh, and some other media members, and, and doing some research online and, and reading things um, about these girls. Uh, I believe all of them made first team all state in field hockey. Uh, but our field hockey uh, player of the year for the fall of 2022 will be Ken Island's Megan Carpenter. There you go. Very mm-hmm. well known. Her name was mentioned a lot on my sports reports on 94.3 Winks mm-hmm. FM. And, uh, uh, but congratulations to her. Uh, being named our uh, field hockey player of the year, and you know we we don't get to spend as much time in the fall at all the all the different sports and what have you. Um, but on the all uh, field hockey, all mid shore field hockey showcase, uh, you know they had students from Gunston, Saint Peter Paul, Easton, Ken Island, Queen Anne's, and Saint Michael's. They were all listed, and uh, the uh, Megan Carpenter was named. The uh, Bayside, um, North Bayside Field Hockey Player of the Year uh, for for them. So, so that included some private school teams in there as well. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So that I mean, that's even yeah. I mean that that's a bigger pool, if you will, and that that means even more there. Oh yeah, I mean Sophia Kent at Gunston, she was the goalie there. She had a spectacular year. Um, you know, there's a lot of great players out there. Um, you know, when you look uh, at Queen Anne's, Bri- uh, Brianna McLean was strong. Alyssa Riggleman, also very strong. Uh, Abigail uh, Dennis, uh, she's big defensive player for Queen Anne's. I mean, there's a lot of kids. Ella Chandler for Easton, we mentioned her name a lot this year, uh, as as well as Maddie Spees, too. So, I mean, these are, these are kids that deserve the recognition. Um, we can only pick one. And uh, this year it's Megan Carpenter from Ken Island. So congratulations uh, to her. Um, we've got one more sport before we get to football. Okay. And mm-hmm. uh, that is soccer. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. let's start with girls soccer. Uh, you know, when you look at the players, girls soccer is a big st- big time sport here. Yes. On the shore. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the players, I know I'm more familiar with girls from the north. Okay. Sure. Um, just because I'm here in the north, mm-hmm. um, you know. And when you when you look at the players, McKenna Pritchett from Easton deserves recognition. Uh, but there were two players that really stood out um, from coaches from both the north and south when it came to the top female, you know, girl soccer player of the year. Uh, one was Ella Briggs uh, from J.M. Bennett. Absolutely a a studette so to speak, and uh, and did make first-team honors in the South. The other one is Casey Wilson from Parkside. Casey... Yeah, two Bayside South there, yeah. Yeah, Casey is actually um, the player of the year for the South Bayside. Mm-hmm, yep. And yep. Casey's also going to be our female soccer player of the year. There you go. So yep. congratulations. And it was really tight, and it was a tough choice between Casey and Ella. Uh, but uh, Casey rose above... 
um, when it came to the final selection. Well, and, and you know, Mark, you and I, again, obviously we cover a lot of football and there are some schools that get named quite a bit. But when we go through these, it's good to see some of these other schools as well. And we could think just in the mode of football, but some of these other schools that may be you know, not as good at football or in the middle or, or towards the bottom. Hey, these other sports, though, they've got some unbelievable teams, unbelievable athletes. So it's good to see those schools mentioned as well. And we know football gets a lot of attention. But again, to your point here and giving these kids the recognition that uh, they deserve and, and giving them some pub that they might not ordinarily get. It's good to see some of these other schools like a Washington, a Snow Hill, you know, a, a James M. Bennett there uh, in the in the conversation. Absolutely. Let's move on to the male soccer player of the year. When you look at the North and South, the South is littered with excellent oh, yeah. you know, soccer players. A ton. Uh, Brogan Eastlack from Decatur. You know, he's also served as the kicker, as a kicker for, yeah. for uh, Stephen Decatur's football team. Um, you know, and, and a lot of other kids that were mentioned, like uh, Luke Dunn from J.M. Bennett. When you look at the North Bay side, um, you have uh, Nolan Burns from Ken Island. Uh, Will Sherwood, first-team goalkeeper. For St. Michael's, he's a baseball player, but you know, mm. able to get it done uh, in the fall. And, and you've got a lot of other kids. Um, you also have uh, Brody Burns from Easton, a midfielder there. So when you look at what these kids do, Justin Knox from Cambridge, another kid that definitely deserves recognition, especially in the one A. But when you separate the best players, the absolute best players. Um, you know, and it came down to really Nolan Burns and Luke Dunn from J.M. Bennett. J.M. Bennett's Luke Dunn uh, is the one that got most talk from coaches and media. So we are going to award Luke Dunn with 31 goals on the year mm. with our uh, Shore Sports MD male soccer player, of the year outstanding that's so, that's great so there you go congratulations yeah. nate smith from queen anne's and taryn brant from north carolina for golf luke dunn from jm bennett casey wilson from parkside for soccer uh, you've got seth barron from snow hill and sarah van ornum from ken island for cross country field hockey megan carpenter volleyball zoe Fredard, carpenter from ken island Fredard from north carolina congratulations to all of you for being named our Shore Sports MD Players of the Year. And we'll talk about football coming up right here on Time Out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Hi folks, David Wilson Jr. of the Preston Automotive Group here. Did you know that we can deliver your vehicle straight to your home or office? You can view and purchase vehicles from Preston's complete inventory online at PrestonMotor.com. Preston Automotive Group is here to ensure you get exactly what you've been looking for. We can even custom order select brands straight from the source. Integrity, urgency, teamwork, personal growth, attention to detail, community. These are the core values we live by here at the Preston Automotive Group. We're family, friends, and professionals. Visit us online at PrestonMotor.com to get started today. And this portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by Pret Moy Therapy Associates, located at 460 Main Street in Stevensville. Let Rick Pret and the staff get you back to feeling new again, accepting most insurance policies. So step away from the pain by calling Pret Moy Therapy Associates. Their phone number at 410-604-2982. Want to wish each and every one of you a Merry Christmas and uh, wishing a prosperous New Year to each of you and successful wishes to each of the coaches that participate with us uh, here on Shore Sports and Overtime Live. Mark mm-hmm. Potter and Mike Bradley. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're celebrating the holidays, our final show of the year. I kind of like being able to do this, that we you know, do it with our players of the year. Um, for the fall season. Uh, yeah, no, I think the timing's great, and hopefully this will become uh, a tradition here that we start. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we've talked about all the other fall sports. Football's the only one we have left. Mm-hmm. All right, and it's important to note um, that this was very difficult. Yeah. Um, especially mm. when the coaches put out their all Bayside conference team and listed like multiple players. Uh, for their positions. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, well, because we believe there's only one uh, person that plays that position, we kind of felt like it was important that we were going to go to just one. Um, you're recapping your all-conference football players of the year, 
as chosen by the coaches. The coaches, okay. Yeah. Um, of course, coach of the year, Brian Sofanowski from Ken Island. Bayside MVP, Casey Heath from Ken Island. Offensive player of the year, KJ Smothers at Queen Anne's. Defensive player of the year, both Luke Murgott from Decatur and Darius Foreman from Y High. Special teams player of the year, Malik Leatherberry from Y High. Um, and then they also voted on uh, special teams and first team. They also did second team and honorable mention. But on Short Sports MD, you can find all these selections mm-hmm. um, from from our page at Short Sports MD. If you go to football, you'll find all of the uh, choices that were made. Um, it, it was important for us to note that on our special teams, we just picked a special teams player of the year mm-hmm. okay we didn't break down punters kickers returners long snappers any of that mm-hmm. um a lot of times because we're never given that information you know yeah at, at that level of detail we're not quite at that level of detail right. Right. with the personnel and the timing and all that but maybe we'll get there one day yeah so uh, our lfa coach of the year mm-hmm. uh, as the, you know, mentioned a couple of uh well weeks left in the sea in the uh playoff season mm-hmm. coach brian sovanowski from ken island high school uh he'll be uh, uh once he recovers from his surgery that he had uh he'll have a party at el jefe probably in january sometime with him and his staff and their family so um congratulations uh, to Coach Sofanowski on that. Yeah, no, very well-deserved. I, I don't know that a whole lot more has to be said other than getting to the 2A championship, running off, what was it, 13 straight or 12 straight wins uh, to get there, and, uh, and and his first year back, too, after being on and off as an assistant coach after stepping down as head coach back in, what, 2013, 2014, right. something like that. Yeah. So it's important to note that we set rules and parameters for the choices here. Yeah. Um, we went with regular season, you know, to really wrap up our choices. Right, because if you include postseason, obviously that makes a bit of an imbalance because some teams got further than other others, et cetera. So that makes it that makes it tougher. But yeah, because regular season puts everybody on the same footing. Nine games. All right. So I I think we start with just first team mentions for players and, sure. and their yeah. schools yeah. will get to the MVPs at the end. At the end, yeah. Right? There will be a uh, special teams MVP, a defensive MVP, an offensive MVP, mm-hmm. and an overall, overall MVP, MVP yep. for a player of the year. <laughs> uh, so let's start with defense, okay? Uh, defense, we decided we went with three defensive linemen, two defensive ends, three linebackers, and four defensive backs. Okay? And that's important, too, because with the coaches, Mark, and you could break that down, with the Bayside picks, they do things, I think, a little bit differently and how many at each position. And then how you classify a player, too, that's also in the mix with all this where we really tried to say, well, this guy was really this, even if the coach said he was that. So there's that's part of the, uh, part of the conversation we had, right? Yeah. 18 different players were named first team. Okay. okay. Oh, for, from the coaches' picks, mm-hmm. we're doing twelve. Okay. Okay. There you go. So yeah, we're pairing things back. Yeah, we're pairing things a little bit. Everybody That's doesn't fine. get a trophy here. Okay. No. So let's start with our defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, like we said, we have three. Two of them are from Ken Island. All right. Um, Brady O'Neill, far away, mm-hmm. one of the best mm-hmm. um, at Ken Island, and a player that came on late. Um, then, in fact, he, he won the defensive player of the game for the North Bay side in the Eastern Shore Bowl uh, from Ken Island, Jabez Smith. Mm-hmm. And, and Smith had a consistent year, was stronger down the stretch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, we didn't include the playoffs, but he was huge in the playoff run as well. He was. And, and I think the fact that you saw in the, in the postseason game or the All-Star game, the fact his name came up, justifies even further backs up gives more credibility to that pick that we that we came out with there absolutely and our other uh defensive lineman um from easton high school marvin foster yeah absolutely marvin led easton high school's varsity team in tackles Mm -hmm. even had more tackles than kevin o'connor i was gonna say yeah than o'connor yep so there are our three down linemen um for the uh, first team Mm -hmm. all conference from from overtime live. Yeah. All right, defensive ends. 
Owen Piavis from North Carolina, mm-hmm. all right, which was – he was an issue. He wore number 11. He was an issue for every offensive coach out there. And Jai Roy from Queen Anne's. Absolutely. Now, yep. Jai Roy was listed uh, as a uh, outside linebacker mm-hmm. uh, with the coaches, but he really played DN. He came up and played DN a lot. We saw it differently, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so that's okay. So but he is yeah. uh, he's he and Owen Piavis uh, both named uh, first team All Defensive team for the Bayside. Yeah. You know, and just a, a quick note, when you break that down a little bit, you look at Ken Island, you know, with their offense, their running team, and if they're doing well, they eat up clock, and some of those guys can rest, although some of those guys go both ways. So consider that for a second. Uh, but also, though, you've got other teams like in Easton where, hey, they're, they can be a quick striking offense where that defense may be right back on the field. So a guy like Foster doesn't get a lot of time to rest. And then when you look at North Carolina this year, their offense had struggles. So that defense was out there an awful lot and you look at that Wicomico game Mark they hung in there through three quarters that game was 20 nothing through three quarters the end score was a result of the fourth quarter well of course at that point those guys are gassed right you know so anyway that's just a quick you yeah know, synopsis on that let's look at uh, linebackers and the Bayside as a whole had a pretty strong looking backer core yeah inside yeah. and outside yeah um you know for the for instance the coaches recognized O'Con- kevin o'connor casey heath uh ken island's giuseppe millinger who had a strong year as well um jordan nixon who played outside linebacker for easton already mentioned jai roy and uh, keegan o'brien they counted him as an outside linebacker at Ken Island. He's more of a DB for us. That's how we saw yeah. that, yeah. yeah. So uh, let's our, our three linebackers, mm-hmm. um, two of the best in the Bayside, uh, in uh, Kevin O'Connor from Easton mm-hmm. and Casey Heath from Ken Island. Yeah. But I think we're going to surprise some others. This kid, this third linebacker, had one heck of a season. Mm-hmm. And we feel like and felt like that he needed to be recognized for that and that's from Colonel Richardson, uh, Camp Gondek. Mm-hmm. Camp Gondek is—he had one heck of a year, leading Colonels in, in tackles, um, in tackles for loss, pressure. I mean, he was all over the place. He was a one-man wrecking crew. But they had other players, of course, for Colonel Richardson to step up. Mm-hmm. But Camp Gondek is also a first-team linebacker in our in our book and a two-way player. Yeah. Uh, so this guy didn't get much rest of it all. Like a Casey Heath, they didn't really come off the field. And Colonel had another big year. That's the thing about Colonel to duplicate what they did for the most part last year, uh, this past season. Unbelievable job. Absolutely. So that leaves four defensive backs. Okay. Um, and I, I tell you, these kids that we settled on because it was a huge discussion. I mean, we took what the coaches, you know, put out there. Uh, they had Foreman, they had Lloyd Price, Darius Foreman from Y High, Lloyd Price from Ken Island, Ashton Seiwald from Queen Anne's, Kurt Thomas uh, from Y High uh, at safety, Amarion Manuel at safety uh, from Decatur, and you know, then David Lockwood from Decatur as well. They had him listed as a DS. I, to me, I guess that's a you know defensive secondary or or you know a specialist just, where they put him specialist. in on certain uh, certain packages. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, our four defensive backs because this is the way we classified them as well. Uh, Lloyd Price from Ken Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, he set the uh, Ken Island High School record for interceptions in a single season. Uh, he was all over the place. And uh, uh, Darius Foreman from Y High, Keegan O'Brien from Ken Island, and Ashton Seiwald from Queen Anne's. There are your defensive first-team honors for for Overtime Live and and, and Shore Sports MD. Yeah, uh, very recognized. A tough list, and like I said, we went with twelve. We didn't go, you know, with more numbers. I understand what the coaches were doing. I get it, but you know, we could have added some more names. But while you only play 11, the way we ended up with extra ones is because not everybody runs the same defense. Exactly, yeah. 4-3, four, 3-4, three, three, four, 5 two, whatever it may right. be. That's absolutely three, correct. 3-5-3, you know, whatever, whatever you want. Right, so, right. 3-3-5. Three, three, and I think on that list you're going to see what? Four, is it four Ken Island guys you got on that uh, list? Two, three, four, five Ken Island Five, guys. okay. Yeah, five and, out of the 12. And, we, yeah, and when you take a look at that, Mark – 
I think when you take a look at the base side, top to bottom, when you talk defense for a second, there are some teams that had their defenses flash and showed some good games or showed within games some good you know some good play but the consistency wasn't there for a lot of teams but for Ken Island's defense that outside of the game first game against Easton that defense was lock stock and barrel the whole way through the rest of the regular season and that's all we're doing here is regular but if you count the postseason obviously they were stellar too so there's it's you know certainly no uh, coincidence that they had five on that list because I think it's safe to say by far Ken Island had the best defense of the Bayside everybody else you know some struggled some showed flashes but I don't think any defense was near as consistent as Ken Island Ken Island had five players on the final list uh they actually two three four yeah five on the final list uh, you had uh, uh, Easton had two, Queen Anne's had two, North Carolina had one, Colonel Richardson had one, and uh, Queen Anne's and Y High both had. Uh, I'm sorry, Queen Anne's had two, so Y High had one mm-hmm. as well. When you look at that list, yeah. so um, I, I think it was well represented. Yeah, some of those guys again go both ways. And I, I know they're not the only team that has guys go both ways, but you know when you look at O'Neill. And Heath, those guys go both ways for those uh, for those teams. For instance, all right. Well, let's uh, let's move on to the offensive side of the football for first team honors. And uh, this look at the podcast, sponsored by our friends at an optical galleria. They've got a sunglass line known as Hook Optics. It's an amazing fit for heads of all sizes and. It comes in a variety of polarized lenses, both glass and plastic. Stop by an optical gallery in the Tealmarts Plaza in West Ocean City on West Water Street in downtown Centerville and on Harrison Street in downtown Easton to try on a new pair of hook sunglasses. Check them out online at eyesandart.net or hookoptics.com. So, again, you know, we went with you know, just a certain number of players per position for the offense for instance offensive line we went with five there's five offensive linemen right so we went with five and here's our list um and uh, unfortunately it doesn't break out at as two tackles two guards and a center although i think we were pretty close yeah right. and maybe maybe we'll try and get that next year yeah. but yeah but we were close yeah. all right from ken island brady o'neill nate ford from queen ants mm-hmm Jabez Baptiste from Y High, strong tackle, mm-hmm. and had a quite performance this year. Easton's Carson Brown and Decatur's Garrett Maloney. Now, Garrett Maloney, I don't even think his name was on the list um, for the uh, offensive honors uh, for Queen Anne's from the coaches. So uh, a huge you know, coup for him. As uh, you know, he was definitely uh, one of those recognized on the offensive line. Uh, one of those, that, you know, in, in doing some checking with other coaches and such, um, you know, and, and even asking coaches, you know, who's your best lineman? Who's and having other coaches say, oh, no, this is the kid here. Uh, that's how we come up with our list. And, um, you know, congratulations to uh, Garrett Maloney from Decatur, Carson Brown from Easton, Jabez Baptiste from Y High, Nate Ford from Queen Anne, and Brady O'Neill, our first-team offensive line honors. And tell you what, that's a pretty damn good offensive line there. Yeah. I mean, you've got a couple of teams that are run-heavy there. You've got a couple of teams that are pass-heavy. And you got another team that's a, a little bit of a mixture of both. So those linemen, you know, very valuable to those teams. You look at Ken Island's running game, Queen Anne's running game, you know, why high a little bit of a mix, Decatur and Easton, a lot more in throwing the football there. But, yeah, those are some those are some big-time players there. So congrats. And, yeah, Maloney, as you talked about, I mean, he's a center. And, you know, the, again, pass blocking, not easy to do, but they also like to run a lot of, of stuff up the middle. Um, so very active there for him. Uh, a tight end, you know, can be played, uh, you know, tight end, H-back, however you want to look well, at yeah, it. Yeah, we were talking t- tight end, yeah. H-back, wing back, you know, slot. How do you differentiate all yeah, that? I know? think the, the top two in the base side, and, and you could argue this all day long, uh, Queen Anne's Jairoy and Luke Murgott from mm-hmm. Decatur. I don't think there's a lot of debate there. <laughs> that yeah. was pretty obvious for us, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. our tight end of the year is Luke Murgott. 
So uh, from Decatur. So congratulations yeah. Yeah. Uh, to him. Those guys are some players. <laughs> they, they really dudes, are. as as some of the coaches like to call. Yeah, dudes. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. All right, we went with two wide receivers. Okay, because you play. Uh, you know, if you this was supposed to be the Ken Island offense, huh? Yeah, because sure. <laughs> yeah, you, you, we differentiated. We said two wide receivers, and then you have your slot slash wingbacks. Okay, um, that, yeah. that we put in there because. Yeah. A lot of times the wingbacks will end up moving out into the slot, but we didn't consider the slots as wide receivers. We considered them as slot slash wingback. So our two wide receivers, um, Malik Leatherberry from Y High, obviously, go deep. We're going to throw you the ball. Go catch it. You know, um, the kid's got so much speed and and he's got talent. You mm-hmm. know, he can catch the ball in tight spaces. And, and he can run a good route. I mm-hmm. mean, you can't keep up with him on a drag route. All right? Very difficult to do that. Yeah. And our other wide receiver from Easton, a sophomore, Chase Robb. Chase Robb also. Uh, so there are the wide receiver honors. And, you know, I mean, you can't go wrong with those kids. No, especially early in the year when you saw Y High and their offense just explode on people. And, and Malik Leatherberry, though, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he he's, a, he's a player. And, and for Easton, seeing how they bounce back this year and, and Rob being a really good threat uh, for O'Connor in the passing game there, um, two very talented players. Absolutely. Let's move on to the slot slash wingback. Um, one of them out of Easton, Jordan Nixon, mm-hmm. very deserving a, a kid, a senior that's going to be moving on. Uh, that's that's a kid Easton will miss next year. Yeah, yeah, and they've uh, again they've they've produced whether it be receivers, slot type guys, they produced some pretty good ones here over the last five years or so. Yeah, and, and then you have some other names that you could throw out there: Ashton Sywald from Queen. Anne. Yes, yep. Um, you know, uh, then you got Keegan O'Brien from uh, Ken Island, and uh, then you got um, uh, the other kid, Ashton. Uh, from from uh, Ken Island as well. Um, yeah, tw- 23. Um, why am I blanking yeah, on Yeah, I yeah. am too. Um, but I don't think those kids got used enough to be given Player of the Year honors and first-team honors. Um, and, you know, Sywald didn't – we thought he'd kind of run the ball more this year. Um, but at least he's recognized as, you know, what he's mm-hmm. done. Yeah. Um, same thing with, uh, um, with the two running backs slash – you know, wingback slash slots from from Ken Island, um, but one kid that did a lot this year uh, from the slot was Gavin Salito from Decatur. Mm-hmm. So our two slot wingbacks for first team all conference will be Jordan Nixon from Easton and Gavin Salito from Decatur. Yeah, uh, th- there you go. And a, a player that was back this year for for the Seahawks at a part of a big season that uh, that that they had there uh, for uh, for Jake Coleman. Yeah. Now, it's tough to differentiate between a running back and a fullback. You know, when when you look, um, you know, like Colonel Richardson's offense, for instance. Well, it's how they're u- it's how they're used. Yeah, Colonel Richardson, yeah. they run that it's a double wing, right. real tight compressed you know, and you have a fullback behind the quarterback, and, though, right? Yeah. And and so you go by that, and then you have somebody like Parkside, who runs a power running game, and they'll have Brian Waters, for instance, as a fullback. But sometimes he'll go be a tailback. Yeah, because they have a ton of running formations back there right. that they run out right. And when you think about the wing T, the it, it's the guy the the back behind the quarterback is a fullback, and but he gets the ball. As if he's a running back or even a wing back, you know, and that's just some of its nomenclature for the positions as well. And yeah, it, it you have to watch that because you know if you old school thought is fullback is simply a blocker, and maybe maybe occasionally he gets thrown a football in the flats as a last resort, right. and you think yeah he's blocking for the running back, but you know depending on the offense, it's uh, not necessarily the case. So uh, after some much discussion, this was one of the uh, the ones that took the longest. Uh, because we were discussing Cam uh, Gondek. Right. And, who won a linebacker uh, spot right. on and, defense. And also Bryant Waters yeah. uh, at Parkside. But mm-hmm. we settled when it was all said and done and, you know, some chips were tossed. Um, you know, it came down to Bryant Waters from mm-hmm. Parkside being named our fullback 
of the year. Yeah, and, and so. you think about the the tough two way East that these teams play in, obviously including Parkside, and he had himself a big year, and he's sharing duties with another back as well. And that's a team where the defense struggled this year, so there's a lot of pressure on the offense to score points. And early on, especially in the season, they put they put up a lot. I say fullback of the year, first team All Conference for fullback. Yeah, from gotcha. Overtime Live yeah. and Shore Sports MD, running back. You know, my goodness, you know, you, you had some really strong running backs, K.J. Smothers, Queen Anne's, Casey Heath, Ken Island. You know, those two, I think, were above everybody, you know, in, in my mind. Well, K- um, Casey's like a running back fullback, right? Be your own blocker, right. as, coach, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> as Coach talked about. That's right. Uh, Ferragamo, that But is. we're only going to go with one running back. Yeah. All right. Yep. And uh, that running back, first team running back, is K.J. Smothers mm. and Queen Anne's. And, uh, you know, I think it's well-deserved. Um, I, I think he's, he's an absolute beast. I mean, picture what you have to wonder. What would K.J. be behind the Ken Island offensive line? And that's not, I'm not sliding the Queen Anne's offensive line. You just you think about it. What would Brandon Jenkins be like between behind the Ken Island offensive line? What would Casey Heath be like behind the Easton offensive line? What would KJ Smothers be like behind the Colonel Richardson offensive line? Yeah. You yeah. know, you just you look at these kids and you're like, man, I wonder I wonder is there a better offense out there for them to be in? Not that you can make it happen, but well, yeah, that, just dream, kind of dream scenario. Right, or, and that's kind of what yeah. you have to look at when you're picking these players. Yeah. No, that's that's true and uh a little bit different run offenses, obviously, between Ked Island and Queen Anne's and, and, and what they do. But you're right. No, it's all, all very good questions. And uh, but, but for Smothers, he was a huge part of that team, and they really relied on him quite heavily throughout the season. Again, early on, those first couple weeks, remember games against, what, North Carolina Parkside, mm-hmm. where – he was huge in getting victories for them, uh, and they again they relied on him left, right, up the middle, and uh, quite quite a player. He's also a guy that's a bit of a beat your own blocker if yeah. necessary. Yeah, absolutely. So congratulations, KJ Smothers from Queen Anne's, our first team running back. Now to quarterback. Woo, this is a tough one because mm-hmm. obviously uh, from the North Bay side, Kevin O'Connor. All right, far and away the best quarterback in the North Bay side. Darius Foreman from Y High deserves to be recognized. Bryson Coleman mm-hmm. from Decatur, you know, another really good running back. He spent a lot of time at the beginning, you know, at quarterback and then one wide receiver and then back to quarterback. Mm-hmm. But when you look at Kevin O'Connor and Bryson Coleman, I think those two rose above, you know, the, the uh, rose above Foreman, I guess, when it came to being chosen as the first team all-conference quarterback mm-hmm. um, after much discussion uh, with, with amongst ourselves and some coaches uh, we chose Kevin O'Connor from Easton High School as our first team quarterback yeah I look he, he's a guy that you look at him we talk about Casey Heath for instance and you talk about well if Heath played down a colonel in the 1A oh boy but uh you know a man among a man among boys O'Connor in a lot of ways also that kind of player with what he brings to the table with throwing and also running the ball and look at me Matt Coach Griffith called his number quite a bit of running the mm-hmm. football. He, I mean, he was a big part of that running offense. We think of, oh, he's a guy that could throw, and he certainly can and did. But, boy, his running ability. And, again, a guy that goes two ways like that, not easy. And a guy that, as we know, uh, wasn't exactly healthy. Yeah. Uh, through from, about From a, the Queen Anne's game on. Yeah, and that's not something that we pointed out or made mention of for obvious reasons. You know, that kind of information is not stuff we throw out there during the season. But we now could say that he was playing definitely not 100%, and that did affect him in some ways, but he's still uh, a huge part of this team and uh, for the regular season and, and the turnaround that they had from the fall of the, of the previous year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, well, well deserving. I mean, but yeah, you mentioned some other guys there in, in Foreman and, and Coleman. I think the thing with Coleman is that offense really thrived, if anything, in the playoffs. You know, they got better late in the year in the playoffs, but again, this is a regular season only award. All right, so let's recap our first team all conference for football as chosen by Overtime Live with Shore Sports MD. Quarterback Kevin O'Connor from Easton High School, running back KJ Smothers out of Queen Anne's, Bryant Waters from Parkside at fullback, 
at slot and wingback, Jordan Nixon from Easton and Gavin Salito from Decatur. Wide receiver, Malik Leatherberry Y High and Chase Rab from Easton. At tight end, Luke Murgott from Decatur. An offensive line, one that anybody would love to have. Brady O'Neill from Kent Island. Nate Ford from Queen Anne. Jabez Baptiste from Y High. Carson Brown from Easton. And Garrett Maloney from Decatur. Congratulations to all of them. When we come back, we'll start talking about our MVPs. That's next. Time Out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Are you or someone you love struggling? The holidays can be filled with joy, but for many, it's a time of sadness or stress. The decision to seek therapy or other support services can be life-changing. For All Seasons is your community behavioral health and rape crisis center, providing therapy, psychiatry, and victim services. Visit forallseasonsinc.org. That's forallseasonsinc.org. We are here for you this holiday season and all throughout the year. And this portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center, providing outpatient mental health, psychiatric education, and rape crisis services to the English and Spanish-speaking communities, regardless of one's ability to pay. More info at forallseasonsinc.org. All right, time to talk about football MVPs. And uh, there was a lot of discussion we came up with an offensive and a defensive MVP and a special teams MVP. And the coaches named for the first time an overall MVP. There was a lot of discussion amongst us, myself and, and you and Coach Damian Farragamo, about do we want to name an overall MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just we got to a point where it doesn't really matter what the hell, we'll go ahead and do it. Um, you know, because all of them re- being honored. Uh, and it, it was still a tough decision. Yes, you know yeah. when when you got to it um, as to who the overall MVP would be. So let's mm-hmm. start with special teams MVP. It's mm-hmm. a kid that you didn't want to punt to, and you didn't want to kick to. But if you did, you paid for it. Yeah, pretty and much that, every time. <laughs> yeah, and and that was uh, Malik Leatherberry right. from Y High, yeah. our special teams player of the year. Mm-hmm. Now defensive MVP. It really came down to a couple of people. Marvin Foster's name was mentioned, and he was way up there. Yeah, uh, and, and being mentioned as a defensive player um, MVP. The other name was Casey Heath. Mm-hmm. You know, and we were like, well, Casey's. You know, here he is. He's he's in the running for an overall MVP. Do we want to give it to somebody else? And I think it was Coach that said, you know what, this award that we are we are doing these. To honor the absolute best. So let's pick the best player that we want as our defensive MVP. You know, who are you starting your defense with? Who are you building it around? Who are you recognizing? And while Foster had a hell of a year for Easton High School, mm-hmm. Kevin O'Connor had a hell of a year from Easton High School, but didn't have as good a year as Foster did from the defensive position. Very true, yeah. Casey Heath was all over the place. So Casey Heath from Ken Island is our defensive MVP. Yeah. So congratulations to Casey Heath. And again, that defense was uh, by far <laughs> the right. best the best in the base side. With all due respect to the others, that defense was uh, phenomenal. Now let's, let's talk about another award, um, and it's the Offensive Player of the Year. Um, it, it was another highly discussed award. The coaches gave their Offensive Player of the Year to K.J. Smothers from Ken Island, okay? But when you look, K.J. Smothers, Casey Heath, Kevin O'Connor, Luke Burgott was pretty darn good on offense for Decatur. Mm-hmm. Bryson Coleman, pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. It became where we had to sit and start narrowing down our field and comparing notes as to what we knew we had, you know, and... Because we didn't get stats from everybody. Right. But I, I had the quarterback stats and I had the running back stats. And, you know, those are usually the easier ones to get. Right. Exactly. <laughs> or, the, or those are the ones that are out there. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, where you know that everybody's reporting. You can't, Correct. You right. can't rely on max preps. 
as a great of a site as it is, not all coaches put their stats in max preps. Right. And even then, some coaches we know uh, inflate their figures sometimes, too. And we've even seen wins being put on games where they were actually losses. Right. <laughs> so. Exactly. So after much discussion, um, our offensive MVP for the 2022 football season is Kevin O'Connor from Easton High School. Yeah. So congratulations to him. Uh, which leads us to our MVP, mm-hmm. Overtime Live, ShoresportsMD.com, football MVP, overall award winner. And uh, this player, and I will tell you, this player, as well as the offensive and defensive and special teams MVPs, will get player of the year jack or shirts yeah. for you know their selections and awards. Um our overall MVP, and it came down to two players, the offensive and defensive MVPs, mm-hmm. you know, Kevin O'Connor and Casey Heath. And when you looked at the impact both had on offense and both had on defense, it was pretty staggering. Yeah. And made the choice very difficult. But our overall MVP for Overtime Live and JoeSportsMD.com will be Ken Island High School's Casey Heath. Yeah. Congratulations to Casey and and a good kid and I mean so is O'Connor but we you know I've had the chance to to talk more with Heath and I have O'Connor and what a great kid to talk with after the games a humble kid and he's a and fan of the podcast and he's a fan of the podcast not, not yeah. that that had any no. impact on the choice it, but it did not yeah but uh, the fact that he uh, uh, is chosen the uh, overall MVP yeah. uh, and the coaches chose him as the overall MVP as well yeah um, so I kind of felt like we were right on with that. Not that that had any play in it either, because, you know, Kevin O'Connor was right in that same conversation. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it it was close. It really was. I mean, when you're talking about, you just mentioned it, Mark, when you're talking about, and let's forget about throughout offense, defense positions, just talking about players, period. We're talking about right now starting a team at the base side. Those are two names that absolutely come to mind in your, in your, you know, top three, four. No question. And, uh, again, at regular season now. We're talking regular season. But, again, to see what Ken Island did um, this year, regular season, 8-1, and one, and uh, to roll off eight straight after that tough one at Easton and, and realize there were some turnovers in that game. And that doesn't have who knows, but it did, you know. And um, But you're right. But those are two guys that are cornerstones. And I think when you take a look back over, you know, in decades of teams, we took all-decade teams, these are two guys that no doubt you're going to look back out and say, absolutely, they're on the all-decade team because of what they provide to their teams on both sides of the football. Could you imagine ha- having to try and choose an all-decade team? Wow. Well, I guess I just did. Yeah, like two players. But yeah, but I mean, going back over the last 10 years, and you know, yeah. e- even if you said, you know what, this is we just wrapped up our 14th year of Overtime Live. Yeah. Going back and say, all right, over the last 14 years, these are the players that have been the best. Wow, that would be a list. Yeah. I don't have the memory for it. I mean, no, nah, we'd have to go back in the uh, archives a little bit. I know, though, certainly Ken Island also had another guy. Now, I'm trying to remember if he played defense as well. I think he did, but obviously, you know, we we've talked about Evan Greenwood. Oh yeah, you know before. Did he? I'm trying to remember if he played defense or not. Uh, I mean, he was a running back, as we well know. He probably did. He probably did as well. But in yeah. fact, knowing Sofanowski, probably put him in nose. Could be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, you're you're right. But you know, that's something to maybe uh you know consider doing at some point. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I'll put you in charge of that. <laughs> My memory isn't that good. All right, so uh, congratulations to all of our uh, winners. Uh, of course, the MVP, uh, Casey Heath. Offensive MVP, Kevin O'Connor out of Easton High School. Defensive MVP, Casey Heath out of Ken Island. And special teams MVP, Malik Leatherberry out of Y High. Uh, it, I really enjoyed doing that mm-hmm. this year. And the nice thing is, is we are going to continue to do that with all of the sports all the high school sports uh, for the 2022-2023 school season. So we'll have winter coming up when that season wraps up for for wrestling and uh, boys and girls basketball, Mm -hmm. swimming, and indoor track and field. So we'll have all of that. And then, of course, 
then we get into the spring. So right. and we'll have those as well. So keep listening for that. I want to move on to something else that is uh, pretty good. That uh, pretty good news. It hasn't been out yet, as I just found out about this. And this next segment sponsored by Queenstown Bank, your hometown community bank. Serving the Mid-Shore for over 120 years. Convenient online and in-person banking. Plus, they have money to lend. Get more info at any Queenstown Bank location or go to queenstownbank.com. So every year, the NFHS, the National Federation of High School Sports, uh, they honor coaches. Well, the 2021-2022 NFHS Coach of the Year honorees uh, for volleyball North Dorchester High School's Carol Hubbard was named. Fantastic. Yes. So uh, congratulations to her. They pick one coach from all the sports, and uh, North Dorchester's Carol Hubbard uh, is the Volleyball Coach of the Year uh, for the 2021-2022 last season mm-hmm. um, because they have to wait until the school season ends. Um, but, uh, yeah, so congratulations. You know, she's been leading North Dorchester's volleyball team for quite some time. She also led them in softball for a while. But uh, definitely uh, getting it done and making it uh, uh, a, uh, a very uh, successful season. And, of course, they just won their first South Bayside title uh, this year in volleyball with uh, Carol Hubbard leading the way. So congratulations to Coach Hubbard. Absolutely. I think that's pretty It's cool. a nice early uh, gift for her, the holiday season. So that's going to wrap up our 2022 podcast season. Well, we got two other things to throw in there real quick. Oh, do News we? and notes. Well, uh, the uh, reclassifications. Yeah, well, I was going to get to that. By, okay, by sorry. Say, saying that when we uh, when we come back in, uh, uh, in 2023, uh, but I guess we can touch on it now. Well, um, I posted it already, uh, yeah, so the, sorry. The, the classifications <laughs> uh, have come out um, for next year's, uh, well, all the sports, really, um, but football in particular – uh, we will not have a 3A school in football right. on the shore this year, as J.M. Bennett now joins Decatur in the 2A. Um, but we also know they will have a 1A, 2A, and a 1A for football uh, this year. Right. And now, when I emailed the state, they made it sound like, well, the coaches still have to vote on all the teams getting in, but presumably the only reason you would have six is because you're doing that. But we, I guess, need to reach out to Coach McCormick and we could talk in the new year and see if that indeed uh, will go forward or if somehow, some way, yeah, they've got six classifications, but they're not going to have everybody make the playoffs. But, uh, but yeah, back to your point, all the Bayside teams in the 2A East, I think that's really cool. And then all the... 1A teams in the Bayside will be in the 1A East. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Colonel, Cambridge, Kent County, Washington, and Snow Hill. So they're not broken up at all either. So that's good. Yeah, So and, and each sport is different. Uh, field hockey, cross country. Right, this is just football. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they're all different. Um, so this year in the 2A, you'll have North Carolina, Queen Anne's, Kent Island, Easton, Bennett, Y High, Parkside, and Decatur. 2A East, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then in the 2A, 1A, uh, we won't have any teams, I don't believe. Right, that's Let's what, see. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I don't yeah. believe so. And yep. then in the 1A, you'll have Cambridge going back to the 1A now, and they'll do battle with Snow Hill, Washington, Kent County, Colonel, Perryville, and Bow Manor in the 1A East. Um, so yeah, so that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's still questions that have to be asked, and, and we'll get to those questions. Hopefully, we will uh, uh, maybe be able to get Dan Harding on with us in January um, when we resume, so we can talk to him about the uh, uh, Washington and what have you. I'm scheduled for an interview with him a little bit later on this week, so hopefully, um, you know, we can get some answers. You can find that at shoresportsmd.com. Yeah, and we'll also talk to. Uh to Coach McCormick about if indeed everybody makes the playoffs. It appears that'll be the case there. Uh, but you're right, Cambridge was in the 2A, 1A actually, not in the 1A. Right. It was Parkside of Cambridge in the 2A, 1A. So Parkside goes back to the 2A East and uh, Cambridge goes to the 1A East. So everybody's together in their classification. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, the other thing, Mark, is the final state poll that came out. Yeah. And Ken Island finished number 25 and deservedly so. 
you know, runner thanks, up. Thanks to Mike Bradley. So. <laughs> thanks to well, Mike Bradley. Well, I wasn't Bradley. saying that to, to get. No, the, but no, but uh, it, it's important to be noted that you know it, it's it's ridiculous that Ken Island loses in the state championship team uh, game. Mm-hmm. Okay, loses in the state championship game uh, to Milford Mill and a team that had been there three times previously. Right. And, and then turn around and only get a 25 ranking. Now, I say only. Yeah, they got into the top 25, but it still shows that the Bayside was slighted. Let's not forget, Milford Mill almost didn't make it to the championship game because Decatur took them to the brink. Yes. They had to drive the length of the field you know, under a minute left in order to win the game. Well, and, and that's the other aspect of it. It depending on how you view but uh, how you view it but I, I still view this as a big positive Stephen Decatur got three votes so they didn't finish in the top 25 I I usually don't give my votes but Mark my vote was Ken Island 24 and Stephen Decatur 25 okay, okay. so it's your fault uh so it's my fault <laughs> um but, and, but and, two other play two other people did vote yeah well and that's my point yeah. and two other people voted for Decatur that's a start. Now, yeah, if you want to bang on me that I should have put him higher, may, maybe so. But I, there's a lot that goes into it. And I think, too, as well, um, well, I won't get into all the back and forth with it. But I did go to bat for the Bayside. I told everybody that I would. I did. And I, I just hope that's a start. And look, but ultimately, the teams had to prove it. And they did. It's not about me. Ken Island in the playoffs. They proved their salt. Steven Decatur in the playoffs, they proved their salt. And it's more recognition than they've had in a while. So it, it we'll is, take it. But we know that Ken Island didn't play their best football in that state championship game. I, I think that their I don't know that I agree with that. Their body of but. work their body of work I, I think is more deserving than a twenty five. You know, I, I think I think they're a top twenty team in the state against everybody that's there because there were people recognized in the top 20 mm. that didn't even you know make it to the state semifinals much less the state finals you know so their name and their history is what garnered them a top 20 vote and i i don't think that's right well l- l- let me give you and I, I can't speak for every team and i don't have the poll in front of me but just real quick um uh, can i only beat middletown it was a tight game though right yeah okay so Oakdale, who finished above them, and Oakdale lost in the championship game in the 2A-1A, I think it was, or the 3A, one one of those. Anyway, Mm -hmm. by the way, they lost in a championship game. But Oakdale beat Middletown by double, okay? Um, Oakdale lost to Fort Hill um, by a a fairly large margin. And then there's another team in there. I'm trying to think. Oakdale lost to Frederick, but then beat them the second time around, I believe it was. So when you take a look at, okay – Ken Island beat Middletown, but by a small margin. You look at Oakdale that finished in front of them. Well, Oakdale Oakdale beat them pretty good in their head-to-head. So that that's some of it. Again, I can't speak for every last team, and I understand your point, but that's some of the rationale. Now that we do have some teams playing each other across the bridge where you can get some head-to-head matchups and some semblance of being able to put together a, 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 a poll that's more accurate than when it's just the counties playing each other within the counties, that starts to help. But that would would be one reason why an Oakdale's above Ken Island because they had a common opponent in Middletown. All right. Well, hey, we'll just see how it works out next year. We'll see if uh, yeah, I, if but we look, can get some teams into the top uh, twenty-five. It, it's it boils down to uh, it, it's still people's opinion, and yeah. and it really doesn't mean anything. But it, you still like to be recognized. I, you do, and you do. And, and look, at the same time, it, it is subjective. It is people's opinion. Um, look. I voted my alma mater out of the top 25, and everybody else had him in. I was the only one that voted him out because I felt like they had too many losses and not enough wins, even though they had a tough schedule. So I do try to play it right down the middle. I don't try to play favorites or anything. That's not it. I want it to be uh, full of integrity. 
And so I get it. It's yeah, it's media members and their opinions, and it's subjective. But it's still nice to be honored, and, and we, we we do our best. I'd like to think the other guys put as much effort into it they as I do. It's a well, bunch of I homers. I, I don't know. I don't homers, know. Homers. I don't know. That's I know better. Sheldon Shieler tries, but but he heads it up. But I I can't speak to the other voters. I know of some of them. I know Derek Tony used to work for the Baltimore Sun. He's now with VSN. Um, I I think he has a generally good idea of the Baltimore teams. Um, I don't know the other voters to be honest with you we've never spoken we just get blast emails from sheldon so there's pulling behind the curtain but i did go to bat uh and and i think sheldon to his credit acknowledged some of what i had to say about uh, about these things but you know the more non-conference games across the bridge will help mark i'll say that and to you know i I know coach ferragamo said well but what when's the last bayside team bit of the championship i think that well we now have ken island but I think that's a fair point, but we have had teams in the Bayside show well in the playoffs. So it's not as if they've all been beaten in the first round in the two-way East we're talking specifically. So I, I, I kind of maybe disagree with Coach a little bit there on that, that yeah, the last time was 9 and Queen Anne's, but it's not as if we haven't had teams show well in the playoffs, including Ken Island last year, who lost to Douglas of PG, who ended up winning it all, and that was a tight game at Ken Island. So right. anyway... Well, is what it is, and uh, you know, thanks for your efforts. And, yeah. uh, and well, it and, and hey, thanks to the teams for getting it done and and getting that. So you're welcome, Mark. It wasn't. I just wanted to recognize them that the right. attention they got. And look, I'll tell you right now, uh, you, you know, we'll we have to do a deeper dive about rosters. But I tell you, I fully expect Stephen Decatur to be a team next year that should be there in the mix to make a deep run. And to me, they're a preseason top twenty-five team. Ken Island, hey, they had four returning starters this year. We'll have to they, peel back the yeah. Uh, I mean, the, but they lose some key guys. We'll have to take a look. But you never count them out. Well, you never you know. know the transfer portal and all that out there. I mean, you know, yeah. it's going to yeah. be so, like college. I mean, yeah. we'll we'll talk. We'll come back in January. We'll talk about yeah. the NILs and all of that that are out there. That high school players are now eligible for NIL. I I saw a statement on, yeah, I I saw that online, Mark. I know exactly what you're referring to. There are some rules, but yeah, we could could definitely talk about that next year. Then we'll dive into that when we come back in January. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's going to do it for us. Uh, Listen, uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. And if you celebrate Hanukkah, Happy Hanukkah to to all of you uh, out there. And enjoy this holiday season. Uh, you're never guaranteed tomorrow, and we're just thankful for those that we have and thankful for those that we don't have any, anymore this year. Hug your loved ones. Keep them tight. And, of course, we also want to thank all of our sponsors and all of our coaches and uh, all the players and even all of our listeners that have participated with us through Overtime Live and ShoresportsMD.com uh, because uh, this has been a great year for us. I think it's been our best year yet. And uh, it's been a lot of fun bringing these to life. We still got a lot of questions to ask, and we'll get to those in January. Yeah. You know, James McCormick at North Carolina. Time for another podcast. We got to find out what he's doing. Yeah, he's the one coach that we don't know about his status in the offseason. We feel pretty good that the other 12 coaches will all be back in their head roles next year in Bayside football, but we'll have to see. By the way, we, we're doing this on a Tuesday. Usually we do it on a Monday and drop the podcast on a Tuesday, but early signing day, Mark, Wednesday, December 21st, you're going to be at an event. I'm most likely going to be at an event as well. Um, you're going to be at an Easton event. I'm going to be at a Stephen Decatur event so we could talk about that when we come back as well but congrats to all the early signees and all those Bayside players uh, who are getting to play at the next level and, and you'll get to follow along with all that at shoresportsmd.com just because we don't have a podcast uh, you know, over the next few weeks so you can still follow along shoresportsmd.com uh, Queen Anne's County High School playing host to Winters Mill on Wednesday night um, for the first ever in the state of Maryland a first ever all girls wrestling meet. How about that? Yeah. So looking forward to that. That's going to be great and uh, making history. And got plenty to County. talk about Thursday morning on the morning yeah, show with no that. Doubt. Yeah, no a doubt. part of your uh, sports segment. So yeah. Looking looking forward to all that. But thanks for listening. I, that we appreciate you sharing. Let folks know, Mike. I hope you and Brooke and, and Beckett have a merry Christmas. It's an exciting time for you. It is Beckett's first Christmas. Well, no, her, her it'll her be her second. Her second. It was her first Christmas. Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but and, uh, we're. 
we'll have to see. We're supposed to go to Michigan, Mark. They're expecting blizzard-like conditions between the wind and the snow that they get. I, you know, I hope we're able to get there and see family we haven't seen in a couple years. But thank you. Yeah, we're looking forward to however it is, whether we stay local or end up making it, we will. And, and same to you and yours. I do appreciate it. Absolutely. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and Happy New Year's, everybody. Thanks for listening. Time Out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group. You've been listening to the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Look for another timeout soon here on ShoreSportsMD.com.